This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. About a year ago, the city of Vancouver tried to do something that many cities have been struggling with, and that is regulate short-term rentals. And we're talking big cities like Toronto, New York, Paris, and others have really had trouble reining in this issue. And the city of Vancouver a year ago said, okay, we're going to see what we can do here. They required a business license. They required that business license number to be posted on the listings. And now, a year later, they say the majority, 73%, are operating legally. But that still means there's quite a few people who haven't obtained a license. We're going to talk more about this now with the help of Catherine Holm, who's the Chief License Inspector for the City of Vancouver. Thank you so much for joining us. No worries. Thanks for having me. Now, what does this picture tell you about the compliance rate of this issue? Well, as you just said, we are a year into the program. um, And We've been quite pleased to see that uh, 73%, as you said, of our uh, short-term rental operators in Vancouver have uh, acquired a business license. Uh, Looking around uh, other cities in North America, that's a very high compliance rate uh, relative to the success that they have seen with compliance with their regulations. So so we feel uh, the program is off to a very solid start uh, to see such a high rate of compliance with licensing. And why do you think Vancouver is seeing better compliance on this issue than, say, other cities? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I think we uh, dedicated a lot of uh, time and energy to communication uh, with operators uh, when we commenced this program and, and trying to inform folks who wanted to run a short-term rental in their home about how they could be compliant with our new bylaws. Uh, so we're very happy that uh, a large portion of our uh, residents here uh, followed that, uh, followed our guidance and obtained a license. Uh, I think another reason we've had uh, some uh, good compliance numbers is uh, due to our partnership with Airbnb um, to also communicate with their hosts and uh, to require that their uh, hosts have a business license. Right. So having make sure it's like required right there on the website. Does that make enforcement easier as well? Well, part of our agreement with Airbnb is for data sharing. Um, So they regularly share data about their hosts um, that informs our enforcement efforts. And certainly, yes, that that is helpful to ensure that uh, people are appropriately obtaining licenses and using them accordingly. Right. So because it still means that 27% of people out there don't have this license, right? That's right. We're still we're still in the process of, you know, really uh, rolling out, uh, I'd say, the program and, and moving towards a higher compliance rate. Again, as you mentioned, you know, many cities around the world really are, are struggling with this matter. There is no uh, silver bullet out there to to address this. That said, we're very uh, happy to see uh, the results we've had thus far with uh, license compliance rates, and, and we're continuing to work on increasing that number. Um, so you're right, there are uh, there are still folks out there who have chosen to not obtain a license yet. Uh, we're optimistic they will. We also have some folks who have um, misrepresented themselves in obtaining the license, and hmm. uh, those are the folks that we uh, are focusing on with our enforcement efforts as well. well what do you mean misrepresenting themselves? In what way? Uh, so some folks, uh, you know, part of our um, requirements for our business license are to ensure that it's your principal residence, because uh, that, again, aligns with uh, the primary objectives of, of regulating uh, short-term rentals. It was to protect the long-term rental market. 
so we wanted to ensure that short-term rentals were not happening in homes that are, could serve as somebody's principal residence as their home, and, and uh, rather that they would be operating as transient accommodations. So in some cases, uh, we uh, have reason to believe, thanks to a lot of input from our uh, uh, residents and, and complaints we received through 311, that uh, it's suggested that uh, someone is conducting a short-term rental in a property that's not their home. So we investigate that and uh, take steps to audit and confirm that, in fact, it is their principal residence. And what kind of um, enforcement action have you taken? Are, are people paying attention when you do like catch up with them? Uh, yes, I, I would say um, we've uh, more than uh, doubled our enforcement efforts uh, since uh, last March, I said about six months ago. Um, and we have specifically done uh, an increase in our auditing uh, work um, where we, uh, like I said, identify licenses where we think someone may have misrepresented themselves. And we do see a number of people go, uh, go out of business um, or cancel their license because they realize they aren't in compliance. And, uh, and we also have issued a number of suspensions to license where we have found they don't meet the requirement of uh, it being a principal residence. Yeah, and so is that where you're having the most trouble then? Because, you know, that we'd heard before these regulations came in that people were, you know, buying condos and putting them up on Airbnb. That wasn't their principal residence. We, we certainly are still, you know, seeing some evidence of that. Um, and we are actively, um, again, thanks uh, uh, not only in help, uh, due to help from the public in, pre- in presenting us with uh, case files that we should be looking at, but we also um, look at the data available online uh, to identify case files where we can investigate to confirm that if this is happening, if a short-term rental is happening in a property, that it is serving as someone's principal residence. And so are you able to also track down like locations? I know earlier on, like a year ago when this first came in, you know, we were hearing reports of of people saying the listing was, say, in Burnaby, but not necessarily in Burnaby, but was in Vancouver. Is there a way to track locations as well? Yes, absolutely. So we've continued to work um, with uh, our data uh, to better understand where the location is. Um, it, you know, that that situation in itself we find quite interesting um, because if someone's booking a property, they probably want to know exactly what city well, right. they're going to yeah. be staying in. Um, so it's an interesting uh, ploy on the part of the hosts to misrepresent what city they're actually operating in. Uh, but yes, we have we have been able to um, work with that, uh, those specific scenarios and to track down those locations that are misrepresenting what city they're actually operating in. Right. And so if there is a fine, then are people paying it? Uh, often they are, and often they go out of business. And, you know, again, our goal here has always been compliance. Um, we uh, Issuing a ticket is uh, a tool to uh, help people understand that we um, mean that they need to either get in compliance by getting a license or going out of business. Um, so uh, that has been one of our many enforcement uh, mechanisms that we've been using to uh, alert uh, folks that they are operating illegally and that they need to come into compliance one way or the other. So what happens now then, Catherine? So you've got this 73% and you're like, oh, that's not bad, but you could do better. How do you do better? What do you do? Well, I mean, we're continuing our efforts to educate and communicate to uh, ensure that our compliance rate with licensing continues to grow. Um, we also are coming back to council uh, later this year um, with some uh, observations and recommendations based on one year of operating the program uh, and identifying some ideas to uh, further bolster the program. And what kind of help is Airbnb giving you with all this? 
Well, we have a, a partnership agreement with Airbnb in the form of a, of a memorandum of understanding. Um, as I mentioned, they, they are helping with communication with their hosts. Um, and we just do also have a data sharing agreement um, where they will share data on a regular basis uh, with respect to their hosts. Um, and we use that data to inform our enforcement. They also require that all of their hosts have a business license and that they include it in their listing as a mandatory field. Right. So you clearly look at this as more of a longer term issue. This is like you believe that gradual compliance will be ramped up here? I think we're looking to how um, other cities in the world either, you know, have before us or continue to approach this. Um, and I think we're seeing worldwide that it's an, it's an ever-changing dynamic market um, and that we're continually adapting uh, as our other cities to how the market uh, is uh, an industry is changing. And we're going to continue to do that. Have you heard from any other, um, you know, lower mainland municipalities who would like to also perhaps adopt these kinds of regulations? We uh, are um, very uh, honored to receive calls from around the world on a regular basis, um, cities large and small and, and literally worldwide, um, of folks curious about uh, what we've done um, and uh, if there are learnings that we can share um, about how we've uh, developed our policy and how we've rolled it out, we're, we're always happy to share. So yes, we're, we're in regular dialogue with folks around the world. All right, Catherine, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. That's Catherine Holm, the Chief License Inspector for the City of Vancouver, talking about their short-term rental compliance rate.